0: Hi, this is James Alvature. Thank you for listening to Eric Cabral's Entrepreneur Circle on
1: this episode.
0: And so when you can tap into other individuals' experiences, their wisdom, their networks, their strategies, I mean, it, for me, was such a massive accelerant to my life, to my business, to my success, to becoming a better man. It gave me permission to not have to be good at everything. You don't need to know all these things. You just need to be around the right people. You just need to get in the right circles, get in the right conversations. You get into the right conversations and the right environments, you grow into those things.
1: Hey there, folks, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Circle, where we built a community that shares lessons learned throughout our journeys, celebrate wins, our eureka moments, and embrace the F word, meaning failure. Which I've come to realize that failure is success in progress. I'm Eric Cabral, your host, a husband, a father of two brilliant girls, and I've been called a heart-centered entrepreneur by my peers and mentors. My mission in life is to make the world a better place one mic at a time. So I'm happy and humble to have you join in on that mission. And I hope that by the end of the show, we would have added value in your life. So if you're ready to jump into the circle, let's get to it. I'm so glad you're here because I don't often get the opportunity to share with you exactly what I do and what we do here at On Air Brands. So we help the folks in our community and our clients to launch a podcast and then produce them on a weekly basis. We also help to promote each episode with close to a dozen social media posts that consist of quote cards, sound bites, and video clips. And then we post them for you on your socials automatically. So if you're a business owner with a ton on your plate and a podcast just seems super overwhelming, I get it. We don't need one more thing to worry about. So let me and my team at On Air Brands do the heavy lifting each week so that you can focus on what you do best, which is to build your business, have more time to pour into your family and your community, or just plain chill and recharge. So feel free to email me at eric at On Air Brands so that we can book time together to chat about how we can align with your mission and how you can align with ours, which is to make the world better one mic at a time. Now back to the show. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Circle. I'm your most happy and always humbled host, Eric Cabral. And with me today, I have a fellow GoBro, And many of you who listen to the show know what the heck that is. But uh, I'm super excited to talk to him because we're like passing ships in the night. And I see <laughs> and I hear of this man and I'm like, we got to connect. We got to dock here and make this all uh, happen, this kind of this conversation. So welcome to the show, Matt Aitchinson. Eric, brother,
0: brother, it's it's long overdue, and I am looking forward to making sure that uh, we uh, maximize the time together today.
1: Yeah, yeah, brother. Absolutely, man. Uh, So, folks, for those of you don't know already, Matt is the CEO and the president of Vault Investment Properties. He's a business coach. He's a speaker hailing out of Sacramento. And uh, he's the host of a ridiculously successful podcast called The Millionaire Mindcast. So as you're listening and you got your earbuds, you're at the gym, you're driving around in your Tesla, please subscribe to that show as well. You are going to, you definitely won't regret it. And you're gonna get a ton of value out of The Millionaire Mindcast. Uh, So check that out. So brother, I wanna jump into it. And I wanna ask you the first question of the show, which is if you could share with the audience, A eureka moment in your life
0: Mm. i mean so many right i think i'm a student of life just like you just like all the listeners always looking for my next teacher you know looking for ways to make whatever ceilings are kind of hanging over my my head metaphorically whether that's in finance and business and leadership and being a better husband or father and and really you know, breaking through those and and making them your new floor, your new normal. just who you are, what you do. And you know, I've had so many of those kind of inflection points in my my journey. And probably one of the the biggest ones that really was a a catalyst for two really come to mind, but i'll I'll start with one um, was this power behind um, a mastermind group. You know, I'd, I'd always kind of had this audio that I've spoken in my head, spoken to other people. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to make an impact. Um, but then my, my video and the, the actions and the real world footage of what was playing out in front of me, there was just kind of this misalignment and, you know, some, some dots missing and some incongruency. And when I started getting into masterminds, And learning from other people, um, it really gave me some new perspective and, you know, kind of a roadmap for identifying how I wanted to go and break through certain ceilings and not just business and, you know, my wealth, but also in all the other gardens of life as well. And, you know, when you can get into the right rooms, which for many people, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, unless you were a C level executive, unless you were paying $100,000 a year, unless you just had access to these, you know, types of closed door conversations, you weren't getting, you know, the hacks that come with being a part of a, a collective, you know, community that's open and transparent and sharing and, you know, trying to lift each other up. And so when you can, you know, tap into, other individuals' experiences, their wisdom, their networks, you know, their strategies. I mean, it, for me, was such a massive accelerant to my life, to my business, to my success, to becoming a better man. Um, And so that was really my, it it gave me permission to not have to be good at everything. Like It was like, I don't need to know all these things. Um, I don't I've never been the fastest. I've never been the smartest. I've never been the strongest. But I'm really good at when I get around the people who are compiling and connecting the dots on all the things that apply to my own journey to the goals that I'm trying to achieve and using those things you know, to kind of get to that next milestone or breakthrough. And so that was a really big eureka moment for me of going, oh man, you don't need to know all these things. You just need to be around the right people. You just need to get in the right circles, get in the right conversations. You get into the right conversations and the right environments, you grow into those things. And I'm a product of, you know, early on in my journey, uh, I was, you know, around the wrong people and the wrong environments. And that ultimately became um, the results that I was getting, which got me expelled from high school, got me arrested in college. Uh, and then I started getting around other individuals who were doing the things that I wanted to be doing that had the results, that had the core values, that had the, um, you know, resumes and track records and reputations that I wanted to model after. And, and I quickly started figuring out how to inch towards modeling and, you know, replicating those results based on my own unique goals as well. So that was a really big moment for me when I, you know, realized I can unlock a lot of what I want to unlock a lot faster by just being around the right people instead of having to um, you know, have all those different skill sets and experiences. So that was a big one for me. And then another one that comes to mind was just around real estate investment and and businesses and deal flow and kind of creative deal structuring when I was broke at home, living at home uh right after i had graduated from college and i think i probably had a couple thousand bucks on my credit card and i think 800 bucks in my checking account and um i long story short was interning for a guy that was flipping a lot of houses this is when i was getting my start in real estate and i'd wanted to flip houses as well but no money you know i don't i've never even bought a house myself um i don't have any experience doing this who would even think about giving me money and i found Uh, the famous cat lady house. I think we all know those houses where literally you walk into it and you can smell the cats, the cat pee. This one, she had over 110 stray cats in her house. And um, I ended up locking up this contract uh, for $75,000 to flip this house. And I remember walking out of the kitchen table, out into the fresh air, and I'm like fist pumping as I'm getting into my car. And then I sit down in my car and I'm like, oh shit, I don't have any money. I've never bought a house before. How am I going to do this? And I remember my first mentor said, you find a good deal, the money will follow. And that to me was a massive eye-opening. I don't need to have the money. I don't necessarily even need to have the resources as long as I'm resourceful enough to fill in the gaps. And that one deal, I ended up netting one hundred and six thousand dollars at twenty-one years old, flipping my first house. Uh, you know, three hundred plus flips later over the last decade. Um, if I wouldn't have had that aha moment of I don't need to have the money, I don't need to have the experience. Um, I've got the belief in myself. One of my favorite quotes is, "I'm dumb enough to believe in myself and smart enough to take action every day." And when you don't necessarily have all of the stepping stones and all of the clear path and points that you feel like you need when you're uncertain, the best way to create that certainty is just to keep taking action every single day, even if it's small over an extended period of time. And you look up and you start to see, wow, I've covered a lot of ground. I've filled in a lot of gaps. I've built a lot of skills. I've accumulated a lot of relationships. Um, And and it all started for me with that one cat lady house where I had no idea how I was going to do it. But I still believed in myself that I would figure it out. And that one deal, you know, unlocked so many entrepreneurial lessons for me. Most importantly, you know, if you find a great opportunity and you can, you know, believe in yourself that you'll figure it out no matter what, and you take action on it every single day, the right people, the right capital, the right results will ultimately come to fruition. Dude,
1: a lot. There to unpack, brother. You shared a, a massive wealth of uh, info and stories and eureka moments, man. I I don't know where to start. I, I, I'm going to go to your first story, uh, and then and then and then I'll see if we could we could we could come back to my my other questions here on that second uh, real estate story. Um, but what what would you say? I love what you said, dude. Um, when you said that masterminds was a major piece to your success, and that you know it gave you permission to not be good at everything. And I interpreted that as like. When we first start out, especially f- well for anyone out there who's listening, or for me myself, I was I was a uh, I was I was in corporate. So, especially when there were little groups, you had to be a Swiss Army knife. And I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm guessing that's what you're referring to. You have to be good at everything at some point. But then eventually you realize, I have to f- find the right people that complement my weaknesses or can fill the gaps. If that's what you were referring to, uh, can you talk about some of the weaknesses that you identified? That you're like, man, I just need a partner or somebody to help me uh, get stronger.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a time to be a generalist and a time to be a specialist. But when you look at all the people who ultimately have become really successful and really wealthy, they, they find a way to go a mile deep and an inch wide versus the people that are generalists and you know ultimately are good at a lot of things, but not great or exceptional at just a few things. And so I really started to hone in on some of the things that really were unlocking doors and, you know, creating momentum and progress for me. And um, when I started getting around, you know, mentors of mine that had unlocked some great success, you know, there is that level of imposter syndrome, right? Where you're like, oh, I'm not good at this. I don't deserve to be here. Why am I in this room? You know, these guys are worth this, you know, they've unlocked that. I haven't done any of those things. And one of the things that I started to learn about myself that was one of my superpowers was my ability to connect and, you know, create value for people or or the relationships that I was looking to foster and and create and grow. And I remember talking to David Osborne, who is, uh, you know, founder of Go GoBundance and one of my um, initial mentors that I met about eight, nine years ago when I was on my uh, business journey of kind of accelerating my wealth. And I was like, why are you helping me? And he goes, I just like you. And I was like, well, what, what does that mean? You know, I'm sure you like a lot of people. Like, why are you investing? I mean, you know, I started asking that question to more and more people that I was getting around in masterminds, um, that I was building relationships with. And I kind of boiled it down to the likability formula. And I think that pretty much every single person has the ability to be more likable and being more likable opens up more opportunities, more conversations, more deals, more relationships. I mean, it's, we all know those people when you're around them, you're like, man, I like that person. You know, like when you, when they lead the conversation, you're like, I like that dude, or I like her. Like, they're awesome. I want to be more, you know, around them more. I want to know more about them. I think that's a relationship I'd like to foster and, you know, continue to strengthen and and maintain going forward. And so I boiled it down to a couple things, which is number one is humility. Like most of the people I know that I like, they have this level of humility, like they're badass. And I know they're badass, but they're just humble. They check their ego at the door every day. But then there's this Secondary variable in that formula, which is confidence—not cockiness—but they they bring this confidence about who they are. They're comfortable in their skin, what they bring to the table, even when they don't know what they don't know. They're still one humble, but two going. I could figure it out. I could do this, right? There's this kind of like there's an energy in a and a draw to people that have a, a humble confidence to them, and then when you just pair that with the ability of being a hard worker, humility plus confidence plus hard work on the foundation of always looking to bring value to people, those people get pulled into conversations, pulled into private jets, pulled into opportunities, pulled into you know discussions that they probably maybe didn't have the right or the resume to be in at that time. But just because somebody liked you and they saw those characteristics and qualities in you, they're like, eh, come along. Right. Or yeah, I really want to help this person succeed. I want to help this person connect the dots. And so that was one of the biggest things for me that I realized was my superpower and all of the other weaknesses that I was worried about. Um, I really started to get okay with and give myself permission to go and hire and find leverage and delegate in my world around those areas instead of trying to really become it was accepting the weaknesses but more so it was spotlighting them offloading them and then just doubling down in the areas that i'm serving my team my company myself at the highest level and that was really relationship building that was leadership that was training and those were some of the big ahas that came from you know giving myself permission to not necessarily worry about and focus so much on the weaknesses
1: yeah what what were some of the weaknesses that you identified early on
0: uh, number one was, I mean, nobody gives you, you know, a chip in your brain as you're learning how to build a company on how to read P&Ls and balance sheets and do cash flow projections and set budgets and, you know, mapping out accountability charts. And so those were a lot of the business, you know, um, mechanics and, you know, technicalities that I realized I had to learn. I remember I was hiking Machu Picchu. And I'm having a conversation with a bunch of you know high level guys, and we're all talking numbers, and I was making you know over seven figures at that point and thinking that I'm awesome at twenty four years old. And they start asking me questions about my finances and all of these KPIs and all of these you know reports. And I'm like, I don't know. like, well, why are you guys busting my balls, man? Like I you know, I made seven figures last year, like, leave me alone. And they're like, dude, you're never gonna be. You can be successful and you can continue making over a million bucks. But if you want to get to where you're saying you want to go, you need to learn finance. You need to learn the mechanics of, you know, how a real business runs. And I think that's the difference between most entrepreneurs and most business owners is there's a couple things that you cannot delegate. Even if they are a weakness, you have to understand to a certain degree and level. and And for me... I was always like, man, I'm a people person. I go out and make deals. I go and make relationships. Like, I know how to go and make more money. But like, what's behind me in terms of all of the financial trail that I need to understand and learn and grow, I'll just, you know, leverage that off to a CFO. No problem. But if I don't know how to play the game of money at a really high level, if I don't know how to hold that individual accountable to stewarding the capital of the business or stewarding the capital of my investments to the standards that are ultimately necessary for elite success, then I'll never get that. And if I don't know what that is, I don't know how to hold somebody accountable to that myself. So for me, it's been this journey of never ending, you know, learning and growth around sharpening my financial pencil, my financial fitness, my financial literacy on how to not only run my business like a real business and look at the numbers, right? Like what does Warren Buffett do when he looks at earnings season every year, he goes into the p ls into the balance sheets, here are our projections, here are our budgets, here are our earnings, do we hit them or not? He's not getting into the emotion that most entrepreneurs get by being in their business every day. He's playing the real game of business by looking at some numbers on a piece of paper and he's pulling levers at the top and driving the business based on the business's goals, based on what the financial roadmap is telling him they're either on track for or off track for. Most business owners never get to that level. And so I realized I have no idea about what financial money game I'm playing in my business. I have no idea about the roadmap and the strategy for unlocking and achieving elite success in that particular area of my business. And I need to learn it if it's something that I ultimately want to do that most people will never take the time or have the discipline or even understand how to do themselves. And so that was probably one of the biggest weaknesses that I identified that I tasked myself with learning and understanding. And that's still, you know, as business, you know, um, revenues grow, as teams grow, you know, as budgets and, you know, expenses grow along with it. Um, that's a never ending journey of of learning and growth. But that was one of the areas that I said, all these other weaknesses, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll leverage those off to other people that are way more talented. But this is one area I want to challenge myself to get better in and to become an expert in to prove to myself that one, I can not only be successful and grow and scale my company, but at the same time, I know it's understanding the world of finance. And, and you know, if you want to win the game of wealth, you want to win the game of money, then no one's going to care more about your money and you know, protect it and sustain it and grow it than you will. So that was something that really I leaned into. I built rhythms, I built disciplines, I built frameworks that you know, gave me the ability to continue to sharpen that ax.
1: Mm, I love that, dude. Yeah, we're, we're cut from the same cloth because I'm all about you know relationship building and just shaking hands and kissing babies. Have you ever felt like a lone wolf in life? Unable to engage in chats around the barbecue since you're doing things that aren't the norm? Enter GoBundance, a place for driven entrepreneurs, CEOs, or investors who want to experience world-class adventure, bucket list trips, high-minded conversations, authentic relationships, and an environment to learn and grow with like-minded individuals, where you're able to share in all of your successes, your struggles, ambitions, and even your failures without being judged. It's the best place for men and women to come together to live epic lives and to grab life big. If you want to learn more about Go go to goabundance.com and apply to be in the tribe and I hope to see you at the next virtual or live event. The finance end is always sort of a struggle only because it's not what I'm jazzed to do every morning. You know, I'm, I don't want to I don't wake up every morning and go, "I can't wait to see those P&L's." Like my COO is like, "I can't wait to see the numbers at the end of each month." And I'm like, those are words that i never really say and i probably should start adopting that that frame of mind too what what are some of the things you could teach uh not not just the audience but myself as well is like the pieces that you put in place to get better at it to continue sharpening that axe
0: yeah i mean i think number 1 was an actual business and finance coach was was number one somebody that actually has helped companies go public you know has taken companies from 5 to 10 to 50 to 100 million in top line revenue and you know ultimately that transparency and authenticity of opening up your books and allowing other people to ask questions and to poke holes, you know, that, that glass door into your financial world, which is very uncomfortable for a lot of people was something that, you know, I gave a select few people that I vetted had the, you know, experience and resources and knowledge and wisdom to coach me up to a higher level was number one. Um, The other one was, you know, I called it financial Fridays where it's a, it's a, Friday review of the finances every single week that ultimately helps me keep both hands on the steering wheel of my financial journey and making sure that we're you know not taking detours that we shouldn't be taking, that we're you know, on the road to the destination that we're ultimately looking to get to. And so that was another one of just staying in proximity or what I call in relationship to the things that matter. A good analogy is like, If you said you wanted to be a good husband and you didn't emotionally, spiritually, physically engage with your wife every day, let alone every week or every month or every quarter and you just did it at the end of the year one time to check in and you asked your wife how you did, you know, you probably know what the answer would be. And that's the same thing that a lot of people do with their finances is they say they want to get better at money. They want to get better at finances. They want to build better habits and disciplines around their money, but they check in with it once a year or they check in with it once a quarter. And so for me, it was, I just need to get intimate and in proximity to the things that I'm saying I want to get better at, that I want to build better skills at, that I want to create more awareness around. And so for me, it became the Financial Fridays where I get in there and I'm tracking the things that ultimately matter to me that I identified as you know kpis and um, top metrics that we felt were good financial measures of the health and or deterioration of you know our our revenue and our business and then it was meeting monthly with my CFO to make sure that um you know we're on track with our projections on track with our budgets and every quarter setting new projections, new budgets, And, and, you know, keeping those rhythms, right? I'm a rhythm guy. I mean, for me, I, like I said, not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I know things that I'm really good at. And I know one of my skills is I'm very aware. And so I fail a lot, but I just fail really fast. and 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 I close the gaps of failure to lesson to next right decision that I think aligns with my goals. And so I take really... Swift action that gives me the ability through the frameworks that I have to have more awareness to know when I'm winning so I can double down on those things or when I'm losing so I can course correct, retweak, reoptimize, retest something new. And so for me, I think it's, it's this awareness piece that a lot of people, um, Because they're so busy, they don't have the right frameworks and rhythms in their days or in their weeks or in their months or in their quarters to give them that consistent feedback that keeps their awareness up and then gives them the opportunity to do something about it based on what that awareness gives you. And so for me, it's just finding those financial rhythms. And then it was books, courses, just consistently underwriting deals. It was looking at other people's business financials, you know, leveraging my network around me, asking questions, being okay with just being dumb, asking a dumb question or asking something that, you know, like, I don't mind looking like an idiot or asking what many people might be concerned about. Oh, is this going to make me look stupid? I have, you know, a $5 million net worth and I still don't know, you know, how to look at a financial spreadsheet. Like that's embarrassing. Shit. I don't care. I don't care. I I have no problem. Again, being humble and saying, "Dude, I'm making seven figures over here, and I haven't even done a cash flow projection ever in my company. Like, can you help me with that? Right? And guess what? The right people around you're going to be like, you what? Like, that's amazing that you're making seven figures. And hell yeah, I want to help you because if I help you with this, you're going to go and make, you know. 2 million bucks next year versus the million. So, um, you know, having those kind of rhythms and identifying the areas that you really know you need to grow in were things that um, I have created that that um, moment-to-moment awareness and feedback for myself. So that way I'm consistently giving myself the opportunity to make a decision that I think aligns best with the next goal I'm trying to achieve.
1: Yeah, yeah, brother. I I, I want to hi- highlight a couple of things that you mentioned. The importance of masterminds. Um, there are many out there. Uh, we just happened to mention go abundance a couple of times here you know david Osborne being a wonderful mentor for you uh getting around other go bros um that speak this language that you're speaking basically meaning um, where we come to the table with complete vulnerability at least the majority of us like we we have these thing called one sheets uh where like we open the kimono so to speak and 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 reveal all the financials uh to your to your fellow pods or your fellow group um and like you said, no fear of judgment. Yes, I'm sure there, there is there from time to time, but know that the others are giving you permission because they're asking stupid questions or revealing things that are like weaknesses that, hey, I'm not judging you, man. You clearly made it this far. You're even in this group. Um, you, you've done something. Um, but like you said, uh, surrounding yourself is the highlight that I wanted to point here is surrounding yourself with people that allow you to be vulnerable, to be open, to to ask questions, whether you feel uh, insecure about them or not, because they're doing. Everyone's doing it, um, which is great. It's just creating that environment for yourself. Um, but then you mentioned Financial Fridays, and you said, "Well, one of the things that I also did, you know, wonderful, uh, you know, other than tracking and measuring all the things that matter to you and your business and your life." Um, you said, you know, then I picked up some books. Any books that you can recommend? I know Wealth Can't Wait uh, is a great one from David Osborne, as you mentioned. He's getting a lot of plugs in this. We got to make sure he hears this episode. But other books that you recommend in, in the financial world to sort of like get folks like me, you know, creative guys. Yeah, I mean, that I, like, yeah.
0: I like Mike um Profit First book. Yeah. You know, I think that's always, it's, it's a good business book um, in terms of how to engineer the financials of a, of a company um, and honestly, I would say I wish I had better. I I read literally actual physical textbooks. You know, when I wanted to go and learn um, about hedge funds and starting private equity and doing some of the stuff that I'm doing now, I just went and literally bought all the same textbooks that they're teaching in Harvard Business School mm. and Stanford Business School. And I just started reading those same textbooks. I started doing yeah. the same thing when I wanted to learn about finance. I just went to the business schools that I was like, All these, you know, Ivy League MFers that, you know, are getting hired on Wall Street, like, I'm just going to go and learn what they're learning. So, um, a lot of them was literally like dry textbook, boring ass reading. And then the other side of it was literally just being in, um, those types of environments, those masterminds where, you know, we did have open book type of, uh, relationships. It was like, hey, Can you walk me through how you set a budget with your CFO for this quarter or for this next year? Hey, can you tell me a little bit more about how you identify your cash flow projections and extrapolating that out and what that actually looks like and what mechanics go into that? Hey, what do you and your CFO meet with every month and what does that agenda look like? It was just asking a lot of questions that I just wanted answers to. And then it was just putting it into practice and going, okay, well that worked or maybe that doesn't apply for my business model or you know maybe we need to do this twice a month versus you know once a month um so it was just you know experimentation and then i'm just a big believer in like swift action quick feedback what worked what didn't you know what do i need to tweak what do i need to optimize and you know you continue to just massage into a model that you find works and fits for you and what you're trying to achieve. And then, of course, as you go through that iteration after iteration, after iteration, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, all of a sudden, you kind of find a sweet spot of like, okay, this works for us. And let's build off of this foundation.
1: Yeah, brother. Um As we begin to, to wind down, man, time freaking flies by. I'm like, uh we need more time, brother. We got to talk. Uh, we need a two-parter. So... um <laughs> As a seven figure, and and I'm looking at seven to eight, soon to be, I'm sure, a seven figure real estate investor who's living a whole life millionaire mindset. Um, I know a big, big play and a big piece and tool set for me personally and for my clients and for our clients is that uh, having a platform, and we'll call it a podcast, whatever it is, social media, to build that know, like, and trust factor is key. And I know your podcast is super, big in the investing space, especially. Can you talk a little bit about when you started it, why you started it, and some of the wins, things that you didn't even know were going to occur as a result of creating your own show? Yeah. I mean, the
0: podcast has been one of the coolest blessings for me over the last six and a half years. I've been doing this. And I started it, honestly, after my first GoBundance Mastermind. Oh, wow. And I was like, I started it because... What I noticed when I went into that room was there was two types of millionaires. There was the millionaire who, you know, was absolutely crushing it financially, but they were bankrupt in their health. They were bankrupt in their relationships. They were bankrupt in giving back to other people. They were bankrupt, like they were estranged from their kids. Like it, it was very clear on money was the only focus for them. And then there was the majority of the people in the room. Who were not only financially crushers, but they were just as purposeful and intentional in their marriage and their parenting and their charity work and their, you know, business and their leadership. And I was like, man, like I'm a pretty, I think, affluent, uh, fortunate, blessed person. And there were so many things that I wasn't, you know, privy to. I had no clue about. And I'm like, man, if, if I feel like I have access to a lot of stuff, I mean, I know so many people who don't. And so what a cool way to start a podcast, selfishly get to learn and grow myself, selfishly get to network and expand, you know, my community and the people that I get to, you know, brush shoulders with, um, but serve others and create impact and, and you know, create value along the way. And what I can say is it has, you know, beyond surpassed my wildest dreams, um, what was just an intentional, you know learning uh endeavor became something that turned into a true business you know um uh nets over you know six figures a year uh just doing what i love doing which is interviewing and talking to people and learning and growing and adding value um then it's turned into actual like events so you know we do uh wealth wine and dine events where i get to go with 10 badass people from our community and we go on luxury Wine and tour, you know, tastings and private chef farm to fork dinners and getting to build relationship and get into conversation. Um, I've had people, you know, I've raised money for my apartment buildings and my hotels from listeners from the podcast. Um, I've had, you know, people connect me with billionaires and people that I would have never, you know, professional athletes, billionaires, celebrities, um, all of the things, you know, that, you know, I guess are possible, but you don't really like go into it with that being the intention. And, you know, I think if anything, it's just given me the ability to be more of my true authentic self and bring those skills and that value to other people. It's forced me to continue to level up and elevate my own game of like, hey, I got a duty to serve these people at a high level. I can't just show up, you know, scrubbing it and, you know, spitting a bunch of nonsense. Like, so it's really, it's created this new standard and bar around, uh, my own learning my own growth my own networking how do i keep bringing value to people and having that uh, you know in the back of my head all the time has been um it's it's healthy pressure and it's healthy stress um those are the things that have forged me into being a better speaker a better uh mentor and coach have been you know a better business owner um better networker all of those things and it really at the root of it all was you know the millionaire Mindcast. so it's been a fun ride
1: yeah, brother, and congrats on all that, dude. Yeah, you nailed it. You totally nailed it. Relationships, raising capital, connecting to athletes, celebrities and people that you want to be in the room with. Um, you know, it's 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 actually producing income for you. It's creating mastermind groups. It's, it's forming a stronger bond with your community and actually building a community and has built a community. So, dude, congratulations on all that, brother. Uh, final, final segment. Uh, we got a couple minutes here. Uh, the embracing the F word meaning failure. Any particular situations that come to mind where you're like, man, yeah, if I had known that, you know, this or this wouldn't have happened if that didn't happen?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we don't even have enough time to get through a fraction of them, let alone, you know, some of my biggest ones. But, I, you know, I've had I've had failed um, investment projects. You know, the beauty is I've never lost any of my investors capital, but I've lost plenty of my own money. Um, You know, I've had failed hires. I've had. You know, failed times in my marriage. Um, and and when I say all those things, those are those are all things that ultimately, at the root of it all was due to my ego and thinking that I had it all figured out. And that's where, you know, I think coming back to that that humility piece and like exercising that over and over and over again is every single day no matter how successful you know i i think i am no matter how great of a husband i think i am no matter how great of a dad i think i am how great of a speaker i think i am it's constantly looking for those areas that i can improve in based on you know what my goals are and you know when i went and did my first real estate development i had flipped like 200 houses at that point in time and i was like dude i'm i'm successful like i know real estate inside and out well, I didn't know development inside and out, and I lost almost two hundred thousand dollars on my my first development. Um, and that was again ego thinking I had it all figured out. I didn't hire the right consultants when I should have hired the right consultants. You know, I didn't get all of the puzzle pieces that were necessary to put the picture together in not only on the table but in the right um, spots to all fit together. And that was all due to my own ego, right? When I you know, I've had some of my biggest failures in hiring and building out my team, it was because, you know, I I didn't follow the steps and the processes and the things that I know now are absolutely necessary. So I think, you know, a lot of the times the the failures for me have come from either ego, number one, or um, two, not ta- trying to go too fast, and not taking the proper steps to craft and curate a plan that is most congruent and aligned with, um, you know, the vision that I'm trying to create. And I believe in velocity and quick fail failing and, and, you know, failing forward as, as quickly as you can, but I think a lot of that could have been avoided as well by just, you know, there's a there's power in the pause, right? There's power in not responding to somebody talking trash to you right away and taking five minutes and not sending off that email. There's power in taking an extra day or a week or a month to map out a business plan and to do it right. And, you know, to then have the ability to execute way faster, way more purposefully. Um, so I think for me, it's been a lot of ego and it's been a lot of um lack of clarity and planning um, that have been some of my biggest failures.
1: Is there a daily practice, Matt, that, or or what do you do to check the ego? Because it it rears its ugly head whenever it wants. What do you do? How do you stuff it down? How do you, how do you manage it?
0: The ego piece for me has really been killed. Um, so I did. I. I mean, I've been in personal development, you know, courses, trainings, masterminds, mm-hmm. my whole life, coaching, all that kind of stuff. Um, my biggest experience that helped me kill my own ego was, you know, I did. Um, I did. I've done a lot of different spiritual retreats and things like that, and I did. Um, an ayahuasca retreat about. <sighs> three and a half, four years ago. And from that that experience, which had all different types of, you know, ahas that came out of that, the, the number one thing was just like this, you know, I've said this word over and over again. I think the most impactful leaders, I think the best business owners, I think, you know, the individuals who ultimately end up not only unlocking great success in whatever context that looks like for them, but just really that have the greatest impact and ripple effect on other people is... The most humble servants, and I take that approach every single day. It's just a part of, you know, my core values in my business. It's a part of our core values in our family. Um, and we have all of our core, you know, values mapped out, we look at them every day on our wall. We look at them every day in our organization, um, and so it's just staying in proximity to the things that I say I am and and want to make sure that I maintain, and um, and humility is literally at the top of the list for that. So um, I'm just a big believer, and again. Staying in proximity and staying intimate to the things that I say are priorities and that that matter to me. And um, and when I'm in in alignment and when I'm congruent with those things, um, all the other stuff just sorts itself out. I really just began to trust in you know this process and this journey. And I just believe if I take small, smart you know steps towards the goals that um, I have taken the time to plan out properly and how I'm going to achieve and I do that over an extended period of time I'm going to unlock great results it's in a, it's inevitable I already know it I know it's done I know that it's just a matter of time and it's a when thing but as long as I maintain the alignment with my values and my integrity and my ethics and the things that I say matter and I put in the work in the other areas through consistent action it's it's all going to take care of itself
1: yeah brother i um didn't get an opportunity. We didn't get to chat uh, about how important family is. Uh, you've mentioned it several times. Um, we both have two little girls, um, which is critical, especially as uh, you know. I always, fe- I always feel like you know, hey, you know, God's God's got a sense of humor, man, because you know, I, I crushed, I crushed it out there during the single days, and uh, now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing it from the other perspective and making sure that they're safe and well-balanced and have a great example of of, of of a person. So what's some of the things that you can impart to me and the audience, you know, when, you know, that family dynamic and balancing business.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think number one is, you know, um, a lot of people, they compartmentalize family and work. I don't, I actually think it's one free-flowing, um, experience and so for me you know it was maybe three or four years ago that i had a conversation with my wife and was like i'm grinding 80 90 hours a week you know 100 hours a week to hopefully get some time on the weekends to be 100% present i'm like i i got to figure out how to work in to my daily life and schedule every single day work every single day play every single day family every single day health. And so I started really looking at what does this formula look like for me, based on what I want to do, where I literally work seven days a week. I play seven days a week. I go and have fun seven days a week. I go and spend time with my wife seven days a week. I do fun activities and get quality, you know, connection time with my daughters seven days a week. And so for me, it really kind of became this game of like, how do I gamify my, my day, my routine, my activities? Um, And it just started with priorities, you know, as on a totem pole, you know, top to bottom, number one being my family. And so, you know, I got my calendar built around on a daily basis, my family stuff. I call it my family bunker, Um, you know, bunker, you know, back in the war, right? Is like you pop your head out of that bunker, you might get sniped and you're done. (laughs) Um, So I build a bunker around my family time and the family activities and rhythms um you know some of the things that my wife and I do every sunday you know as life can get busy as you know with you know young kids i think there're seasons of you know hustle in your business there're seasons of hustle in your marriage or seasons of you know hustle with your kids um and so we started doing something of like hey no matter how busy we get how do we make sure we always come back together and get on the same page that we're growing together that we're fixing stuff that needs to get fixed and um again going back to that awareness piece and so we call it the relationship recharge. We ask three questions to each other every Sunday. And it's, what did I do well this week? What could I have done better? What do you have coming up this week that I can support you in? And it really gives both of us the space to communicate openly, authentically of, you know, hey, you did great this week in doing X and Y and Z, and I really appreciated that. And that was helpful. And given that feedback, hey, you know, I, it hurt my feelings when you did this, or hey, that really frustrated me when you did that, or whatever it may be. Um, and then, hey, you know, I've got a really busy week this week, I'm maybe not going to be able to pick the girls up for this, or that, or, you know, we've got this going on, can you help me with this, right? And so it really just creates this conversation and space where we know we're going to do work on us, like us figuring out what works, what doesn't, you know, what do we need to course correct on? What are we crushing it in? Um, And so that's a big one. I started doing that with my kids. Mm -hmm. Did the same thing was like, let me just create a relationship recharge with my kids every week. Hey, Mm -hmm. girls, what did we do this week that you loved, you know, that daddy was doing? Hey, what did I do this week that, you know, I maybe could be better at or that hurt your feelings or and I Mm -hmm. just started reframing the questions for my kids. And it was amazing because now we've got this great, you know, conversational open dialogue that they know is going to happen every single week. And they're constantly thinking about throughout the week. We do our, you know, weekly date nights, we do one night, one overnight a month, and then we do one like weekend getaway a quarter. So weekly date nights. One overnight, like whether that's a staycation at your favorite hotel in downtown mm. or whatever it may be. And then one kind of like weekend getaway per quarter. So that's something that, again, rhythms is like no matter how busy we get, we know those are staples that we can always wow. look forward to. And then every quarter, I took this from Jim Shields, who's a, uh, another um uh, buddy of ours. And, uh, it's just the, the family board meeting. So once a quarter, my wife will do a one on one with one of our daughters. I'll do a one on one with one of the others. We flip flop. Um, and it just gives us that, you know, quarterly time to spend the day together, 100% committed and focused on the kids. So those are some of our kind of like main staples of how we, you know, keep those. Keep the priorities, the priorities.
1: I love that, dude. Thanks so much. And I'm glad I squeezed that question in, brother, because (laughs) I do the family board meetings. That is a game changer. I've mentioned it multiple times on this show. And if you missed it, absolutely pick up Jim Shields' book, The Family Board Meeting. And it means surfboard, not the boardroom. And dude, I love the weekly date nights. I love the one, the overnight per month and then the one weekend getaway per quarter. That's massive, dude. Uh, Thanks for sharing that. And I'm going to definitely incorporate that into my life. And hopefully uh, I'll check in and I'll tell you how, how... Oh, it's leveled up my relationship with my wife, but dude, before we part, share with the audience the best ways they can reach you. Uh, Millionaire Mindcast is you know the podcast
0: on iTunes and all you know podcasting platforms. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we got episodes that come out um you can always reach out to me i you know post content and uh connect with a lot of people on social media instagram tiktok you know those are, are great ways to always just reach out or you can just email me Matty a m-a-t-t-y-a at millionermindcast.com. um or if you want to connect uh we've got a text line too it's uh 844-447-1555 and uh shoot me a text say what up
1: yeah brother well thanks so much man it's great to to shoot and jam with you, man. It was awesome, brother. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you IRL uh, at one of the next events, brother. So uh looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on, Eric. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's Eric, E-R-I-K, at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform and please recommend us to one or two people in your circle that will go a long long way to growing our community also if you could rate us on itunes just take a moment uh, to give us five stars and if they have more stars give all of them we'd greatly appreciate you for that and always always like subscribe